Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the preseason NTT podcast. I'm going to be your host today, Coach Jimmy Neutron of the Rochester Boy Geniuses. Go nerds. Uh, today, I've got with me Coach JD of the Clearwater Sit Rockers. How you doing, Coach? Doing well. Doing well. Glad to, glad to jump in, and thanks for having me on. Yeah, absolutely. I know uh, you guys had high hopes for last year, and we're a little disappointing with the second round exit in the NTT, but I think you guys are still a great team. I'm excited to see what you're going to do in this preseason NTT, the important tournament, of course. And then, of course, maybe the NTT, but, you know, that that's the second yeah, secondary we, tournament, you know. Yeah, we, we won't talk about the my shocking first-round loss in the NTT last year. And, uh, and let's face it, the, the real NTT doesn't have a trophy. This one does. So, I mean, this is the one people right. really want to win. So we can talk right, a lot more exactly. about me defending my crown in, in this tournament since it's, it matters yeah. more. Actually, I, I do want to start there before we jump into this group. I mean, how are you feeling about, uh, you know, coming back as the defending champs? I know you don't have the trophy yet, but you will soon get to put it on a mantle for another, you know, week or so. Right. How are you feeling about that? It'll be fun. I'll, I'll take a picture to know that I had it. Um, yeah, I, <laughs> I feel like, you know, last year definitely was a really strong team, probably the strongest team we've had in Clearwater, very deep. Um, yeah, I still didn't think we would be the favorites, but, you know, matchups kind of went our way and, you know, came out with a last second victory in the end. and. Uh, yeah, I still think we'll we'll be competitive this year. We're not quite oh, as for deep, sure. but um, we're, we're still a pretty good team. So, you know, I, I still think we'll be in the playoffs, and you know, we'll see what happens from there. Yeah, and you you guys will like be very battle tested with Conference Ten, sort of like everyone signing really good classes. You know, you got Daytona, Ocala, uh, Jackson back in the mix with a really good class. So, I th- I think Conference Ten is going to really test you guys. You're going to kind of kind of have to figure things out. I know you're kind of like a a tinker with everything, coach. So. I'm excited to see what you guys do. Yeah, strength of schedule will not be an issue this year for me, for sure. <laughs> no, definitely not. Yeah, I I can foresee Conference 10 getting three or four teams in the NTT this year. Hopefully. Uh, so that's pretty exciting. Yeah, yeah. But hey, let's jump into it. We're going to go with the Nelson group. So this first group consists of Miami, Erie, Culver City, and Ann Arbor. Uh, and so we're going to start with Miami. Miami coming off their final four run. A lot of people had them as favorites uh, to win the tournament. But once again, we do not have an undefeated team in Conference 31. I mean, in, sorry, in League 31. Uh, so Miami loses that uh, Final Four game. They come in ranked sixth this year um, after losing the 68-65 class uh, and gaining the 107-43 class. And so the, the class ranking will average out there, but it seems like they have a little bit more top-end talent with this class. Um they will be playing the rest of the teams that we set here. And then uh, with each team, I'm just going to do some notable out-of-region out of, uh, games just so we can kind of have a grasp of who people need to play and things like that. So Miami will be playing uh, Honolulu, who's coming into the season 39th, and Blacksburg, who's coming into the season ranked 20th. Uh, so what do, you, what do you have on uh, Miami, J.D.? I mean, obviously, when you look at them, you know, across the board, they're, you know, one of the most talented teams in the league. I mean, anytime you're bringing back, you know, top five or six, group of talent you know it's uh you're still a good team um you know they lost you know on paper the worst class they had last year but you know even with that you know you're still talking about Tarek Nelson who scored nearly 30 points a game um right so that's you know it's never easy to replace 30 points especially when it's coming from one player so that's a definitely right. some big big shoes to fill um but where they really stand out is uh is in the post uh Look at Peter Holmes, and he's got to be one of the best big men, you know, in the entire country, if not the best. I mean, scoring, defense, nearly five blocks a game. I mean, that guy is just a complete stud. That's a problem for anybody to deal with. And then you look at Brian Brewer. Um, 
a fantastic freshman season next to him, 15 points, 10 rebounds, you know, three and a half to one ATO, uh, two steal, two and a half blocks. I mean, it's, it's be, it'd be tough for anyone That's to crazy. compete with that kind of front court, you know? Um, mm-hmm. So plenty of talent, you know, you just kind of have to wonder, you know, who's going to replace Nelson at point guard. I mean, I'm sure they've got enough talent. They can find someone, maybe a couple options there. Um, but that will be really their biggest, uh, biggest question mark is who's going to take over the reins at point guard. Right. Yeah. I, I think that's a great point. I, I do wonder if he's going to slot Zion McNeil into the starting lineup a little bit more. Uh, this guy was a sophomore last year. He split time uh, at, at shooting guard with uh, Nathan Woodall. So it seems like he kind of switched based on the matchup, but Zion McNeil uh, scoring 9.4 points in 22 minutes of time. Maybe that bumps up to 15. You get Peter Holmes scoring a little bit more because he's just so efficient. Um, I mean, and then you bring in Benjamin Lucas, uh, 21 points per game at the shooting guard position. Like Miami just sort of reloaded. Um, I, I love, well, let me ask you this question. We've talked about this before on the um, signing day podcast, JD. Um, but I kind of love classes with like significant discrepancies. Um, you know, I'd, I'd rather sign a one, one class, but if I had the choice between the 68, 65 class that um, Miami graduates versus a one I feel like I'm picking the one every time because that means you have more top end talent. Do you have any thoughts on that? Yeah, I mean, it really just depends on what the makeup of the rest of your roster is and what makes sense for you. So, I mean, if you're a team like Miami that, you know, has kind of stacked a bunch of good classes together, you know, that means you've got some star players, you got some good players, you got your role players. So it's a lot easier there to, you know, maybe slot in one really good player because you need one guy to join the rotation. You can kind of figure it out from there. So, yeah, that's kind of where Miami's at. You know, they, you know, obviously a huge hole at, at a point guard. And, yeah, I agree. I think Zion McNeil's probably makes the most sense there. Um, maybe Lucas gets a shot. I mean, he, he you know played shooting guard in high school, did, did have a two to one assist to turnover ratio, which is about what, what Nelson had as well, you know, so he was obviously score first. So, um, but you know, he also 2.3 steals. So I mean, not only did he score, but I mean, this, he was tough to score on as well. So, um, yeah, there's definitely some options there. You know, they're probably going to figure that out. They, they've got the talent to do it, but you know, yeah, they're in a spot where, you know, they can handle maybe a couple guys that are going to spend some time, you know, on the NA squad, you know, and mm-hmm. bring in one contributor and, and would be a better class than, yeah, maybe like a all sixties group. Yeah. Yeah. Great point. And, and he even switched his back, back of power forward a couple times. And so um, he had guys that were in aid for a part of the season who can play some ball. Uh, so Miami, I mean, they, they come in as not just a favorite for this group, but one of the favorites for the tournament um, in what is honestly a stacked tournament. I mean, I was writing out these groups I'm doing, you know, we're doing six different groups tonight. You're doing three. I'm doing three with cheese. Uh, and I, I was like, oh, man, this is a group of death. Oh, man, this is a group of death. Oh, man. <laughs> you know, uh, so we have a lot of talent in the uh, preseason NTT this year, and I'm pretty excited about it. Yeah, uh, definitely. And, and also just a quick note on this group, and we'll talk about it more in the next couple of teams, but uh, I, mm-hmm. I feel like I wrote similar notes out about all these teams. You know, there's a lot of front court talent in this group and a lot of teams that have uh, point guard questions. So, um, as we recap, you know, that might be something we, we keep kind of coming back to, uh, with all the yeah. teams in the Nelson region. Yeah. Yeah. That's a great point. I have similar notes. So, uh, with that, let's go ahead and jump to a team with incredible front court talent. Uh, we're going to the Erie Browns in conference six, one of my conference mates, uh, coach, coach by W, uh, by coach M W J. It's really hard to say for me for some reason. <laughs> so they only come in ranked 68th, um, Keep that in mind, but they lose the 248-239 class and gain uh, a 94-109 class, uh, which seems kind of low. 
but uh, Coach MWJ was actually posting on our conference board today and was saying he was pretty surprised by the rankings because two of these three guys are going to start for him uh, and are going to replace um, their whole backcourt. And so, and he he shared the ratings. I mean, it's like a plus 15, plus 16 class. It's a pretty good class. Um, So they'll be playing Santa Fe and Lansing in some of their out-of-conference games. So 35th and 9th ranked team, pretty tough out-of-region games. What do you have on Erie? Yeah, so um, definitely a team, once again, looking at their front court and, you know, kind of extending a little bit down to, I mean, Michael Bertini at small forward is kind of the guy you first look at. Uh, just a phenomenal all-around player. I mean, even as a freshman last year, he came in very highly recruited, very highly rated, and he just has just a complete all-around game. I mean, no holes anywhere. So, and, you know, he's your star player that, that you go off of. And then, um, you know, if you're considering going up against Miami, you need a front court that can can battle with them, and, and they have that, you know. Um, a couple sophomores, Ahmad Arnold, uh, 15 points, 10 rebounds, two and a half blocks, so he can kind of go to battle with Pete Holmes, and which would be mm-hmm. a good matchup. And then Fernando Williams, also a power forward. I mean, just great stats across the board, 18, 10 boards, great defense, uh, you know, good hands as well, um, can can shoot from everywhere on the court. So, I mean, just a fantastic front court. And then, um, yeah, I mean, looking at them, you kind of touched on it. Like, I guess the, you know, the recruit rankings this season might be a little bit low, but I kind of wondered if they, you know, those are some interesting recruits coming in, uh, you know, Nathan Levin, 16 points, four assists. I mean, so, you know, better than a four to one assisted turnover ratio, 44% from three. I mean, he's a good shooter. So he looks like a guy that I definitely figured would probably slot in ahead of Benjamin Jacobs at, at, um, you know, point guard, you know, and they're returning everybody. So, and they had a, you know, what a top, an elite eight squad in the NTT yep. and, you know, their entire roster or their starting roster were three freshmen and two sophomores. So all those guys are coming back. They're looks like they're upgrading and definitely a point guard. And, um, you know, Christopher Goldson looks good. Uh, you know, there's definitely two guys that if he sees the freshman coming in to start, you know, it's clearly an upgrade in talent there. They're still going to be young and they're going to be a team. We're going to be talking about a lot the next couple of seasons. Yeah. I, I 100% agree. I mean, they came in ranked like 134th or somewhere around there last year. Uh, and then they finished 11th on the season uh, and they get fifth in the NTT. You know, they barely missed the uh, the final four because they have to play Jefferson City in the Elite Eight. And then they win it their uh, sort of Elite Eight losers bracket um, like this. This is a really good team, and I think a lot of people are going to overlook them because they come in 68th, but they're a team that made the preseason NTT uh, playoffs last season and I think made the Final Four in the preseason NTT. So uh, I think Erie is is actually going to give Miami a run for their money, Uh, but we'll talk about that at sort of the end uh, with our picks. So uh, next we have the Culver City Butterburgers, great name, coached by Coach K. Mack. they come in ranked 74th on the season. They lose the 102-71 class and gain a 130-92 class. So lose slightly, uh, just a little bit of talent, but not a ton. They have to play you guys, Clearwater, number 15 team in the nation, and Bloomington, number 33 team in the nation, um, in some of their out-of-region games. What do you have on Culver City, Coach? Yeah, so we're definitely taking a little bit of a step down from, you know, Miami and Erie, but, you know, that's not necessarily, mm-hmm. you know, a huge slight because a lot of teams are a step down from – from those two squads. Uh, and as you mentioned, the incoming talent on paper kind of matches what was going out. Um, you know, they're having to replace their point guard rotation. Um, it doesn't really look like, you know, between Jared Moten and Pablo Davis, either one is really, you know, someone that should be in, you know, in really hard to replace overall. Right. But you have to, you have to figure out who, who that's going to be that, that comes in there. Um, 
you know, is a, one of those guys that's on the bench right now. I mean, uh, Brandon Morrison, backup shooting guard last year, he looks like he could maybe uh, – he might have the stats to step in a point guard role or you looking maybe at uh, uh, Deshaun Schroeder who played power for it in high school. But, you know, 3.3 assists, less than one turnover per game. Um, you know, scored 16 points in the post there. So I wonder if he's got the skill set to come in a point guard. So uh-huh. huge, huge question mark there. But, you know, as far as like their strengths, um, another team with a good center. So Bryce Weiss, uh, 15 and a half points, 10 rebounds, nearly three blocks. So he can go to battle with, um, you know, Holmes and, uh, and Arnold for the, the previous two teams. And then, uh, you know, Jacob Fredericks, their second leading scorer, you know, 12 points. So, um, this team last year, strong defense. So I think, you know, what, 41%, uh, less than 30% from three for their opponents. So, you know, assuming that the freshmen can come in and keep the defense up, which it looks like they can, you know, they're, they're going to try and slow down and win ugly and, um, and maybe not be a lot of fun to play against, but, you know, looks like they have a few guys that can do that. Yeah. Yeah. Totally agree. And I think Deshaun Schroeder, I mean, he comes from an athletic family. His brother Dennis plays in the NBA. Uh, he, <laughs> He's got, I mean, he, he had a 55% true shooting percentage, which isn't, it's good. It's above, or yeah, above average, but not great. But he was a 6'5 power forward. So I think he's going to slot into that uh, point guard position and provide them sort of um, a fourth score. I think they're going to have four guys in double digits here. Seems like they really like to spread it out. Um, and so, and what's interesting with Culver City, I mean, they're sort of like eerie light, which I would say is sort of like Miami light. Uh, like none of the, none of these teams shoot a ton of threes. Uh, Erie has the most with 6.4 per game. Um, like, and all three teams get to the free throw line a lot. Like where, where Culver city really thrive is they got to the free throw line 20 times a game, uh, and only gave up 15 free throws a game. And so they love to sort of pound it inside, um, with these bigs. And I think that we're going to see a lot of really ugly games, uh, with, with quite a few fouls between all three of these teams. So. Yeah, if, if any of these teams can put together, maybe throw out like a zone defense, you know, could uh, go a long way um, to coming out right. on top here with, uh, yeah, all these teams, like you said, want to pound the ball inside and not really shoot from the perimeter. Yep, yep, 100%. Uh, so that takes us to our final team. Slightly different build, but honestly, a lot of similarities. Uh, we're coming in with the Ann Arbor Bing Bongs, coached by Bradley. Uh, so Ann Arbor ranks 43rd uh, coming into the season. They lose the one 96-148 class and gain an 80-74 class. So get it a lot better. Uh, they have to face Scottsdale, who's 26th, then Galveston, who's 51st um, in their out-of-region games. What do you have on Ann Arbor, Coach? Yeah, so this is definitely an interesting team. Um, yeah, definitely not built the same way as the the other three teams, as you mentioned. This is a team that's really led by two guys. You know, you had mm-hmm. uh, Malik Byers, who um, coming into his junior year, just uh, you know one of the top scoring post players in the country. I mean, over twenty points a game. Um, you know, plays adequate defense, but I mean, no steals. So I don't. I think he's a little bit. I think he hangs out around the perimeter and looks for his next offensive opportunity a little bit more and. You know, mm-hmm. a key for them is going to be him, you know, trying to get some of those post players on the other teams in foul trouble. And then um, combine uh, him with Tyler Heil, who, you know, has, has the best statistical profile of any of the returning guards in this group. I mean, he was over 23 points, two, uh, two steals per game, you know, 45% from three. So um, really great season for him uh, last year. Mm-hmm. And those two guys are really going to be relied on to, to carry this group. Um the big issue for Ann Arbor, you know, I feel like I feel like with those two guys could probably carry him to some wins in a lot of groups, but this team 
um, is going to really struggle in the front court. Um, they don't really return a lot of size. Uh, they graduated Bryce Hendricks, who was a part-time player at center. And, uh, you know, they didn't bring in really anyone to replace him. So they're going to be, you know, a lot shorter and uh, not quite as tough in the front court. I think that's going to be a, a problem in this group. Yeah, yeah, I think you're right. I mean, they're probably going to re- they're running buyers and Appleby in the in the four and five. They're six eight six nine. They're not they're not tiny. They're not like a a banger who runs six seven guys all across the board. But you're right. Like facing these six ten six eleven guys, like that's going to be a little tough. I mean, Malik Byers is is out of this world. I mean, to have to play in conference fifteen, he had the number three strength of schedule last year. Ann Arbor did, and to still score twenty eight points on fifty nine percent true shooting. Um, on a, on a bad free throw percentage, so that pulls it down a little bit. I mean, that's pretty incredible. So I, I do think Malik Byers is still going to – I mean, he's he's facing some of the top bigs in the nation, but I think he's still going to eat like because that's what he does, you know. I think also a, a, a problem for Ann Arbor last year was their small forward position. You look at their, like, last year's stats, and it's just a mess, and they don't even have someone listed as a small forward, which is pretty hilarious. Um, yeah. And so – I think I do think Carlos Vasquez fits into that really nicely. His incredible assist to turnover ratio, and we know that the small forward touches the ball a little bit more than the shooting guard does, um, and so that passing is really important. Uh, and had 2.3 blocks per game, 0.9 uh, steals at the power forward position. I think he's probably a good or excellent defender, um, and he won't need to score for this team. I mean, they're going to be returning three guys who, who can score at least at a decent pace, and so I, I think that that's what – brad's gonna do but who knows it's 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 an exciting uh time the beginning of the season is but this is a tough group like you said uh, yeah and another thing and I, I think i'm possibly trying um you know it's like they ran d'antonio a point guard last year at six seven um probably mm-hmm. a lack of you know ball handlers and you know see he has decent hands you know seven assists he did turn it over a little bit he might be a right. guy looks like he plays good defense if uh you know, looking at Timothy Myers coming in uh again another guy that played power forward in high school but you know better than three to one this is a turnover ratio 13 points um a game he might be a guy that could step in either yeah, a small forward or he could be he could be in the mix for point guard spot you know depending on how those hands look and uh and that might give you know d'antonio could be another guy along with uh, vasquez at the small forward spot so i'll be curious to see how how that lineup could set up yeah i, th- I think that's a good catch i didn't even notice that d'antonio was six seven I, I think you're right. I think that that's probably what it, it's one of those two things, I think, but uh, some good roster flexibility for sure. Uh, so let's talk about this group as a whole. Um, let's go ahead and go through like, what do you, what do you see foresee happening in this group? I mean, I think you know, the, the teams in the order as we went through them is probably how I would predict them to finish um, mm-hmm. Miami and Erie, I think are both teams that you're going to see in, in the tournament for, you know, for the, for the PNTT, um, they just have star power on the front court, uh, you know, talent, enough talent in the back court. So those are going to be two really good teams. I, I think Culver City and Ann Arbor are going to struggle to catch up with them. Culver City is going to be interesting. I mean, obviously they're going to have the tough uh, in-region schedule here, but, you know, mm-hmm. there's enough talent there. They have that strong front court. We talked about them a little bit. So I think they're going to be one of those teams that hopefully they can keep the games close with Miami and Erie. So, you know, not, not get too far down on the uh, – Mm-hmm. Um, the point differential because um, they're going to be probably one of those teams that are going to be in that on that bubble trying to make their way into the into the tournament. Yeah, I, I think that's good. I, I I have similar thoughts. I think um, outside of I actually would put Ann Arbor ahead of Culver City um, for how they're going to finish. So I kind of wrote out what I think was going to happen. I think Miami is going to go five and one. 
I think that they just drop one of the Honolulu Blacksburg games. Um, who knows? They'll probably go six and zero. But wanted to just put some uh, doubt in there. And then I actually think Erie and Ann Arbor are going to go four and two, um, just because I think Erie's probably going to lose to Lansing, but then Ann Arbor is going to lose to both Miami and Erie. And so if if things sort of play out the way that, and I, then I think Culver City is going to go one and five, just because they have really difficult out of conference or out of region games. Uh, I think if the way things play out, Erie and Miami should go in to the last um, regular season game uh, at four and one each, and we'll be able to sort of determine the winner of this group. And so I think that'll be exciting. Uh, do you have any players to watch in this region before we close it up? I mean, some of the guys we touched on, I mean, I, I put down the, the guys I think are going to come in for if you had to put together an all-group team, you know, the big guys. I'm Peter Holmes, Brian Brewer from Miami, uh, Michael Bertini from Erie. And then, uh, I mean, Tyler Heil, I think, is going to get his way on there. And then a lot of guys mm-hmm. could get that last spot. And I think, I mean, probably Malik Byers is going are going to give it to him. Kind of, you know, yep. Bertini's the only guy that from Erie that gets in there, you know, from that. But, I mean, there's a lot of star power in this region, so – um, being on the second team from this group wouldn't be anything to be sad about. Yep, I, I think 100% agree. I think that even that Miami-Erie game will be determined by Michael Bertini. Like, if he can just throw the team on his back, um, he's not going to have to slow down Mario Evans at the small forward position. But if he can kind of take over, I think that Erie might surprise uh, Miami here. Um, but I guess only time will tell. So that is the Nelson group. When we come back, we will be going through the Smith group.